Good morning, North Church. My name is Olivia, and we are so excited that you're here with us this morning. In a moment, the band is going to come out and sing a few worship songs. Then we're going to hear an important and powerful message from one of North Church's Bible teachers. They're going to encourage and inspire us to go deeper in our relationship with the Lord. All in all, you can expect service to last about one hour. If you want to know more about what's going on throughout North Church, check us out online at northchurch.net. Scroll to the bottom of the page and click on the e-bulletin. There you'll be able to read all that's going on. But if you find that you still have questions, feel free to visit the information counter out in the lobby. There, some happy volunteers will be able to answer any questions you might have. Also, check out our coffee bar. There's a wide variety of drinks and pastries, and it's all supported by your generosity. Part of North Church's mission is to connect people in healthy and growing relationships. So we want all the moms to know that we are hosting a play date at Dwight Merkel Park on September 19th. This is a great opportunity for the moms to connect and come together and let your kids play together. So if you want to know more information, visit our events page online. North Church aspires to help people become wholehearted followers of Jesus. So we are kicking off Rooted once again this fall. It starts on September 12th. Rooted is a great way to get connected at North Church, grow in your faith, and experience God in fresh ways through community, prayer, and service. There are a couple video testimonies online where people from our church talk about how transformative their Rooted experience has been. So check those out and prayerfully consider joining us for the next session. Registration is now open. You can register in the lobby, at the info counter, or online. And if you have any questions, do not hesitate to contact Pastor Colin. North Church is committed to helping students grow in their walk with God, so we want all the junior and senior high students to know that the student fall kickoff is happening on September 6th. This is a great starting point to get plugged into youth group or a great time to get back into the rhythm of coming youth group or just inviting your friends to have a blast. It's going to be so fun. There's going to be fun games, worship, and an amazing message, so you won't want to miss out, students. If you have any questions, contact Pastor Kenny. Those are all the announcements we have for you today. If after service you find that you're in need of prayer, step forward and a member of our prayer team would love to pray with you. Also, get out your mobile device and check into North Church on Facebook, because now every five check-ins provides one book for our church planners in Indonesia to help spread the gospel. All right, now it's time to sing. Will you please stand? Oh, 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 oh,
Yeah, what a great way to open up. We're uh, in a worship series, and we're going to talk more about worshiping God today. Well, I want to thank Adam, too, because this is going to be his last Sunday here. He's in a residency where he's done with that here at our church, and he's, he and Ashley and the kids are moving over to the west side. So if you didn't get a chance to say goodbye to him last week, make sure and do that this week. And uh, so we're going to miss you. Oh, yeah. Yeah. We love you, Adam. Well, I would say turn around and give someone else a hug, but that might make some of you very uncomfortable. So just say hi to someone, would you? And welcome them this morning. sure and sign up for that it's starting September 12th I believe it is and uh, you can sign up today and uh, rooted is, uh, is whether you're newer to the faith or you've been walking with God for 30 or 40 years we hear the same thing over and over from those who go through rooted and that is that they grow in their faith they get challenged in ways that they um, really were surprised uh, three of the things that are going to happen is you're going to connect better with God. You're going to connect better with uh, the community of faith around you. And you're going to connect better with your purpose, what God has uniquely gifted you and designed you for. And so uh, I, I couldn't strongly encourage you enough to sign up for that. And uh, you're going to grow. And uh, a couple of the things that you'll experience as well, because with Rooted, it's a 10-week journey together, not just learning information, but experiencing God together in groups. We meet up here together on, uh, on our first uh, night, and then we go through a 10-week time where we'll break into some small groups. Along the way, you'll get to meet some people, get real with some people, and, uh, and then you're going to grow in your, in your prayer life. That's one of the things we hear over and over is your ability to hear from God and your ability to connect with God. You're also going to grow in your ability to share your story, the story of God's work in you with other people. And something that, uh, that we all have that innate desire to do, but often we're not sure how to do it. And then thirdly, you're gonna, you're gonna have an experience together as a group, reaching out to our community, reaching out to those that are hurting and broken within our city and getting outside the walls of the church. And it's one of the things that we emphasize a lot about. So uh, 
we have some new groups starting this, uh, this session in the fall. We have some that are for our young adults. We have some, uh, a group that's just for women. We have a group that's co, uh, multiple groups that are co-ed. And so sign up for a group today if you have kids. We have rooted kids going this, this particular fall session as well. And you can learn more about it on, our, on the website, northchurch.net. Uh, go to the events page or just go and sign up uh, out at the lobby or on your phone. So that's what's going on. Well, I want to invite you to stand up together. Uh, we're going to worship God now. We're going to focus our attention on him and thank him for who he is. God, thank you for your grace. Thank you for your work that you're doing in us as a church and individually in our lives. God, that you're, you're always at work. You're always prompting us, prodding us, speaking to us. And today we want to hear your voice. Today, Lord, we want to express our love for you. And so receive this worship, we pray in Jesus' name.
Lord, your name is so powerful. God, there are no rivals and no equals. We stand here this morning, God, and just give you all of the glory. You are worthy of our worship. You're worthy of our love. We adore you. We worship you. We honor you this morning, God. As we were worshiping, I was thinking about this passage written in 2 Peter. It says, but continue to grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. To him be the glory now and forever. Amen. And growing in the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ means growing in this growing sense of appreciation for his love, for his forgiveness, that I can't walk the walk of faith without him. And some of us, maybe we're here this morning and we we're so aware of our own shortcomings, maybe aware of our sin, aware of our mistakes, aware of how we distance ourselves from God. And God wants to encourage us this morning and tell you that he loves you and he wants you to be close to him. And that our sin and our mistake and our sense of failure does not need to get in the way. Because as we grow in the grace of God, we realize we can never, we can never exhaust the resources of His grace. His grace is sufficient for you. His grace not only saves us, His grace keeps us. And His grace is what we breathe every day in order to walk with Him in a relationship. And so rather than becoming too introspective in yourself, let's, let's invite the grace of God to grow in our heart so that nothing keeps us from His presence. Lord, would you do that in each one of us? Help us grow in the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and realize God that there's nothing we can do to earn your love and there's nothing we can do that would separate us from your love and so we come to you come back to you this morning relying on the grace of God not on our own goodness or strength you just spend a few moments right now praying and embracing that grace, thanking God for his grace, receiving his forgiveness, and just coming into his presence. God, would you cause your grace to continue to flow down upon us, to flow through us unto others. God, would you continue to meet us at those points of need 
with your grace, your love, and your mercy. In Jesus' name, amen. We're going to receive our uh, tithes and offerings here in uh, just a moment. Uh, so if you're preparing to give a gift to God this morning, you can be doing that. But I was thinking, I love that video of the Rooted Celebration. I love everything that it represents, right? Well, um, I love just the, the celebration of lives that are changed and people come to faith and people being baptized and all those sorts of things. And it, um, it's really cool. We're kind of right, we're getting to the point now where almost a thousand people have come through that rooted journey with us at the church here, which is really great. That's something to celebrate, right? In fact, if you're thinking about coming to Rooted uh, here in the fall and signing up, you want to probably get out and sign about at the information center right away, because if you're the 1,000th person, there could be like balloons and confetti cannons and everything going on, and that would be awesome. Uh, but I love, I love thinking uh, about what something like Rooted does, and it's, it's one of the reasons, you know, I think... Uh, I think many of us give to different kind of causes and, and, and there are many needs in our community that are reached in lots of different ways and I think we're called to be a part of that for sure. But the local church, not just our church, but local churches all over do something that doesn't happen anywhere else. There are places where people come in and find a vibrant relationship with God through Jesus Christ and who grow in their faith and who are nurtured and move forward into the calling that God has for them. It's something powerful and it's something unique. And when we bring our tithes and our offerings and our gifts, we're saying, I want to be a part of that. I want to invest in that. I want to see that happen for more and more and more people. So thank you for your generosity, your kindness. That's what you're giving to as you give each week. And uh, we love that it's taken place. So ushers, why don't you come on forward? and uh, receive that while they are. Um, I'll mention that we are now in our third week of this particular series, right? The Art of Worship. And uh, you'll recall over the uh, couple weeks ago, we talked about that one aspect of our worship is that we worship in spirit. That is, when we worship God and when we, when we express our love to the Lord, we do that with our whole heart, right? That there's a part of our, our soul, our passion, the deep places that we're never just going through the motions. And then last week, uh, Pastor Mike talked about how as we worship God and express our love for him, we do that in the way that we think. We worship him with our mind and in the way that we embrace truth and follow the truths uh, into which the Bible leads us. And then this morning, we're going to talk about a third component of our worship, a third different way that we express our love for God and worship him, and that is by the way we live our life, by the way we conduct ourselves, by our very behavior. And, uh, and that's because uh, worship fundamentally is this thing where, right where we're expressing our love and our care to God. And I was reminded of a conversation I had uh, a long time ago at a church far, far away. I was a young man, and there was a couple that had been married 27 years, and they scheduled an appointment with me to talk about their marriage, right? So I'm like in my early 20s at the time, and that's pretty intimidating, Right? <laughs> These people have been married longer than I've been alive, and they're asking me for their help. <laughs> and so we sat down, and I, I asked, what, you know, what's going on? And she said, I don't think he loves me anymore. So I, said, I asked him, well, what's up with that? He says, well, I do love her. So I asked him, well, how would, how would she know that you love her? He said, well, I told her. I said, when, when did you tell her? I said, well, 27 years ago, I held her hands at the altar and I looked her in the eye and told her that I loved her and always would. And nothing's changed. So I had to have a talk with her about how unreasonable her expectations were. <laughs> that's not true. It's funny, that's, that story is an old joke, but I, I got to live it out for real. And uh, it was kind of surreal. But here's the thing, real love, genuine love, is something that can't be just held inside. It finds its way out, right? Um, we laugh at that story because we know that if you really love someone, it comes out more than every quarter century. <laughs> right? That, that when we love someone, uh, there are intentional things we do to bring that out and, and convey that and communicate it. There are unintentional things that happens, but it comes out all of the time. Real love, genuine love, can't remain silence. Uh, silent. And there's a difference, though, we realize, right, um, at those moments when we decide, I want to I share, I want to communicate with someone how deeply I love them, that there's a difference between me feeling like I've said I love you to my wife and her, on the other hand, actually 
feeling loved. Right? It's possible for me to do my best to say I love you, but maybe I'm really bad at it, and then it doesn't feel like I'm loved on the other side of that equation, right? So if I went to Rochelle, my wife, and said, Honey, I want you to know how much I love you. I love you so much that this week I did kind of all the chores and all the house projects. I got all of them done early. And I've cleaned up the kitchen and I've cleaned up the house. There's nothing left to do. I've cleared the decks on our calendar. And this afternoon, we're going to sit down and watch the Seahawks football game together. <laughs> That's how much I love you. I would feel like I'd done a great thing. Who wouldn't love that? But I don't know that she'd feel particularly loved in that moment. Any more than if she came to me and said, Scott, I just love you so much, and so I spent the last four days on Pinterest picking out carp uh, rugs to put down over the carpet in the hallway. And I've assembled my favorite 3,000, and this afternoon we're going to look through my Pinterest board at all of those and decide which one that we like. That's how much I love you. Of all the things I would feel in that moment, love is probably last. It would be terrified followed by sleepy. <laughs> Gary Chapman wrote a book, The Languages of Love, right? And he made a whole career on this idea that if you really want someone to feel loved when you're trying to communicate love to them, you can't just go with what feels good to you. You've got to figure out what communicates love to them. What can you say? What can you do that will kind of capture their attention and that will ignite in them that sense of being loved and feeling loved? And uh, so like if in, that, in that regard, if Rochelle came to me and said, Scott, I love you so much that I went to all six of your favorite restaurants and got gift cards for all of them. And we're doing all of them in one day, <laughs> right? Now we're talking my love language right there. Now we're in business. Well, what do you think God's love language is? Worship is this expression that we have of our love for God, and we want to express that the best ways that we can, right? And, and we learn that we kind of have to do that in a way that's going to capture his attention and, and capture his imagination in a way that he will understand that what's being said here is an expression of love. What do you think God's love language is? Jesus' good friend John was writing late in his life, and this is what he said. He said, in fact, this is love for God, to keep his commands. And, he adds as an aside, and his commands, they're not burdensome, they're not hard, they're not difficult. And John, as he wrote this, is really reflecting on something very specific that Jesus said to his disciples. He'd gathered them on the, the night before he would go to the cross uh, and be crucified. And he gathered them together, and he was telling them what was to come, and he was encouraging them, and he was letting them know what would take place in the future. And in and amongst all of that, he had these words. He said, if you love me, keep my commands. If you love me, express that, show that, demonstrate that by keeping my commands. I think we can make the case that obedience is in fact God's love language. That when we want to say a powerful and a very communicative I love you to God, one of the best ways that we can do it. The way that speaks love in his language is for us to obey his word and his commands. And I mean, some places have, um, have really missed the boat on this. And maybe, and maybe you've missed the boat. Maybe you've been told, hey, if you want God to know that you love him, you better make sure that your backside is planted firmly in a church seat somewhere every Sunday because it's your attendance that matters, and that's how God knows. Or maybe it's the fact that you contribute regularly or generosity, or maybe that it's that you serve and you volunteer and you work to do good things, and maybe any of those things or others have been presented to you as like the be-all, end-all of loving God. That's what God really wants. But Jesus says, no, if you love me, keep my commandments. Obedience is that love language. There's this great Old Testament story, right? Um, king Saul, he was the first king of Israel. And back as he was just kind of coming into his kingdom, he'd been recruited and anointed and he was getting ready to go and God, God instructed him through the prophet Samuel to go to war against the Amalekites. And he said, and when you do, I'll be with you and you'll be victorious. And what I want you to do is wipe them out, all of them. Destroy them, destroy the people, destroy their homes, destroy the animals and the livestock. Don't keep anything, uh, just wipe it all out. And that was the instruction. For a lot of reasons, and that's a whole different study. 
uh, Saul gathers the army, goes into war, full of faith. The battle is won. They're destroying the Amalekites. They're wiping them out. And he does some of what God asked. Kills most of them. Turns out he doesn't kill the opposing king. That was kind of like a professional courtesy they did back in the day. And didn't exactly kill all the animals. In fact, found the best ones and kept them. Maybe thought those would come in helpful a little later on. I don't know. But the prophet Samuel heard from the Lord that something was amiss, so he went to go check on Saul. And uh, come to find out, here's Saul and all these livestock that don't belong to him. And he says, Saul, what did you do? Didn't you obey God? He said, oh, I did. You know, mostly. And Samuel said, well, what, you, you didn't kill the animals God told you to kill. What are you going to do with them? And like a toddler who's making up their lies one at a time in real time, he says, um, I was going to do an offering to the Lord. I was going to sacrifice them to him. And Samuel says something critically important in response to that. He replies, Saul, does the Lord delight in burnt offerings and in sacrifices as much as in obeying the Lord? To obey is better than the sacrifice, and to heed is better than the fat of rams. He says, even if it wasn't, no amount of sacrifice, no amount of offering, no amount of giving to the Lord and slaughtering animals to the Lord as a gift offering would ever make up for this fundamental truth, you have disobeyed God. And what God desires is not lavish gifts. What God desires, what speaks love to him, is the very direct gift of obedience that way. That's how we show God that we love him. And I don't know about you, but sometimes there are these moments where I just, I do, I feel really close to God and I feel his love and I love him back and I have those moments. Sometimes it's, you know, like during a worship set, like this where the music is really moving and I'm very deeply connecting to that. Or maybe after reading just a really great passage of scripture that kind of touches me right where I am and, and makes a difference. Um, maybe there's an opportunity to have a conversation with a friend about the Lord and about what he's doing and sharing that. Maybe, maybe there's been a season of prayer and then at the right moment God comes in and he answers that prayer and there's just that sense of I feel so close to God and I love him so much. And I know what I tend to do in those moments is to just kind of soak in the, in the moment and, and be absorbed in the goodness of God and just settle in and enjoy this feeling of being close to God. And there's nothing wrong with those things. But sometimes I wonder if I feel like that's my only obligation, my only duty, my only responsibility is to enjoy it. Because I think in those moments, I'm kind of probably just asking God to sit down and watch football with me or cruise my Pinterest board. There's something that has to go beyond me just enjoying it for me to be really expressing my love to God, and that is worship. Obedience is God's love language. And that means that any talk of loving God that's not connected to a greater lifestyle of obeying God is, it's a contradiction. And it's just noise. And it's meaningless. And that can be a little troubling, right? Because I think many of us feel like, I do love God. My, I, my, I, I have a passion towards God. I want to know Him better. And I do want to please Him. I love God. It's just that I stink at obedience. Ever felt like that? Like, I do love God. I'm just not very good at following his rules. And maybe I could be better. Well, there's good news. The good news is this. Obedience is a skill that you can grow into. It's a skill that you can improve and grow into. You may not be a great obeyer today, but you can be a great obeyer down the line. That's why Paul, when he was writing to the Thessalonians, said this. He said, finally, brothers, we ask and we urge you in the Lord Jesus that as you receive from us how you ought to walk and to please God, just as you are doing, that you do so more and more and more. You heard from us how to live. You heard from us how to please God, and you're doing that. Now, grow into it. Get better at it. Become excellent at it. Uh, you, know who's a great, you know who's a great example of this? The toddlers, the little one. Do you, know, do you know any toddlers who started out being great at obedience? No, we don't, because we all started out as little selfish people who were bad at obedience. 
and it was the joy of our parents to invest in us consistently over 30 or 40 years to help us become <laughs> more obedient people. Growth and obedience for the toddlers worked in the same way that like learning how to walk did or any other skill set. Isn't it funny to watch like the little one who's just figuring out how to walk and stand and they kind of get the wobble like this and half the time they just sit down on their puffy diaper and land and then they start walking and falling which is absolutely hysterical as long as you're on carpet and no sharp edge tables and stuff like that are around, right? And it's fun to watch because they're, they're horrible at it. But they're probably not gonna stop there. They're probably gonna improve and get better and better and better. Think of the greatest athlete you, knew, you know. They probably fell all over themselves when they were just starting out on the walking, right? Think of the best, most God-obeying person that you know. They probably start out falling all over themselves where obedience is concerned. So you may not feel like you're very good at obeying, but with practice and with hard work and with God's grace in your life, there can be excellent obedience ahead. And I want to be clear on this point. When I talk about obedience, I'm talking about maybe two different kinds of obedience. One is the obedience that's like it's the follow the rules obedience. Do what God says. We know what he says in the Bible. We spent 10 weeks on the Ten Commandments. Most of us know a lot of things that God is asking us to do or not do. And part of obedience is following those rules as they're laid out, right? And that's an important part of demonstrating to God that we love him, for sure. But there's another layer that we can't overlook, and that's the obedience that we offer to those inner promptings that God speaks to our heart and to our spirit as he guides and directs us in a particular path. It's not a big command that he expects everybody else to follow, like thou shalt not kill. It's more internal and personal, and it might be more like go be kind to that person over there. That inner prompting, that, that word that guides and directs us to do something or not do something, not because it's a rule, but simply because the God who loves us and the God whom we love is asking us to do that. Um, my mom tells the story back in the early 70s she had just come to faith in Jesus Christ, um, and she had been uh, smoking packs and packs of cigarettes for years. And as she described it, if someone at church had st stood up and said, God disapproves of you smoking, or God help the person if they said, well, we disapprove of your smoking, so you're going to have to go do that somewhere else, um, she probably would have left that building uh, and that church and maybe the Lord, and she definitely would have left a mess out of that person. But one day, none of, none of those conversations happened. One day, she was just having her prayer time with the Lord, and she felt this internal nudging, asking her, hey, is it, is it possible that your connection to that habit is more important to you than your love for me? And, and I'm asking you to let go of that particular activity. Now, it wasn't just a rule. Now, it wasn't just a commandment or some church's approval or disapproval. It was just God was moving on her heart, and she wanted to say yes to that. And she did. It was a dark and troubling time in the Kilpatrick home. That was a, that was a rough habit to break, right? But that moment of saying yes to God in a very personal moment of, of obedience to an instruction that was written on the heart, not just written on the page, became one of those uh, landmark moments for her where she met God and began to uh, follow him more and more and more closely. So what about you? W what are the gentle promptings that God might be um, speaking to you, again, more on the heart than from the page? Maybe it's, about, um, maybe it's about your spiritual growth and now is the season to invest in that. Maybe stepping into Rooted or a life group or something. It's like, it's, it's not a rule that you have to, but God's prompting you to. Will you obey that? Maybe it's with the, like the discipline of giving. Maybe you've never given and God's prompted you to, to give and help somebody out. Maybe you've given regularly and God's saying, hey, here's something outside of the regular giving. Um, maybe it's not so much about your own growth. Maybe it's about, hey, God's prompting, prompting you in your heart to step outside of your own growth and invest in the spiritual growth of somebody else and invite them to faith in Jesus, to help them grow in their faith, to disciple them and to mentor them. It, it's not so much gee, maybe Scott, I'll maybe I'll connect with something that God's saying. It, what's really important is what is God saying to you in your heart and will you obey? Because your response to that, that one that 
Nobody but you and God will know whether you're offering obedience to that or not, right? Will your love for God compel you to obey that thing God is leading you to do? Because we're talking about obedience, a direct obedience to God, not to anybody's expectations, not to a program, not to a commandment or a church or expectations or a group. It's obedience to what God speaks to your heart. And here's, here's a critically important piece of this. Because any time that we talk about obedience, there are certain tendencies in us that lead towards obedience. That's how I please God. That's how I earn God's favor, right? Here's what we need to remember. Obedience is our response to God's love. It's not our attempt to earn it. It's not that I want God to love me and so I'm going to obey and behave in a particular way and somehow earn his good favor that way. It's exactly the opposite. God already loves us. God already wants the very best for us. God's already died for us. He's done all the work. God already loves us. It's in response to that love, right, that, that we step out and that we obey because it's the relationship that makes the obedience happen, that, uh, that makes the obedience happen. And, and it's not, the, it's not just, like God's not looking for perfection out of us. You know, every week, this is great, it happens. Kids down in Sunday school have their project, the little ones, right? And they come up with this really cool piece of paper with crayon scribbles all over it. And I'll say it quietly so that they don't hear. But as artwork, it's not very good. <laughs> they haven't performed real well. But you know what? Every week, they bring that paper up and they hand it to parents and they hand it to aunts and uncles and brothers and sisters and grandparents and they all say the same thing. That is beautiful. I don't know what it is, but it's gorgeous. Great job. Was this part of your Bible story? Yes. Can you tell me what you learned in the Bible story? And then they get the whole story wrong. And we love them. Not because they've performed so admirably and got it all correct, but because within the relationship, there's just support and love and care, right? And we take that piece of artwork and we treasure it as an expression of themselves. Our obedience is like that. Our very best obedience is not very good. And it looks to God like a crayon scribbled all over the page of our life, and we got the story wrong, but he looks down at those failed attempts and those kind of broken, meager attempts of obedience. He goes, that is awesome. I love that. You're doing a great job. Because it's the relationship of love that he's already established that comes first, and within that relationship, he accepts our obedience for what it is, an expression of our heart. Ephesians 2 says this. It's by grace that you have been saved through faith. And this is not from yourselves, it's the gift of God. That is, you didn't earn it, right? And it's not by works so that no one can boast. And then it says, for we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. So yes, there's some good works, right? There's some obedience, there's some doing the right things that we're called to do and have been called to do. But it starts with just experiencing God by grace, through faith, and that happens because of the work that Jesus Christ has already done. The implication's pretty clear. You may be one in this room today who if I asked you, hey, um, how's the status of your relationship with God? How's that going? And, and you say, fine, and I'd say, why? And you go, because I'm doing good. I'm not out there sinning. I'm following the rules. I'm reading my Bible. I'm listening to the worship music, I'm, you know, and you can go, go down the list of all the ways that you're doing well and performing. And can I simply say, if your go-to answer about how are things going with your spiritual life is just all of the things you do, you're missing the point about God's grace and about the fact that it's all about his work. What comes first, what has to come first, is just this realization that this God whom I love, he loved me first. He poured out mercy and grace and forgiveness first. And it's only in responding to that that I'm put in a place where now I really can obey, not as an attempt to earn his favor, but as a response of love and gratitude and worship. And that's how he calls us to live. So I'm going to invite you to pray with me. Heavenly Father, we are so grateful for Jesus Christ. And 
Lord, we say the words all the time and we'll say them this morning, we love you. We love you. And yet, God, we're not content to just say the words. God, we want to ask that in the course of this coming week, you would guide us into those very gentle, personal moments of nudging our heart towards a particular point of obedience. And in this moment, we're, we're committing in advance to saying yes and to obeying you as an expression of our love for you and as an expression of obedience to you, as an expression of our worshipful hearts. God, will you make those moments clear to us, we ask. And additionally, would you give us the strength that we need to become better and better at obeying you in those moments, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Let's stand up together. Next week, we're going to conclude this series. I have enjoyed the series that we've been doing on worship, the art of worship. Next week, we're going to talk about what happens when we gather together in a worship venue like this. We've saved that for last because we wanted to talk about all the other aspects of what it means for us to be worshipers of God. And, uh, but I'm excited about this next one. So bring a friend with you next week. If, uh, if you're new or newer to the church, I would love to say hi to you. I'll be right over here by that monitor and uh, we can uh, just connect for a moment. If you have a prayer request, something going on in your life where you'd like a, a couple people to just stand with you in prayer, our prayer team will be right over here. Have a great day, everybody. We'll see you next week.